Administering the Life of the Church in Godly Ways. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. We're moving on today in our study of 1 Timothy chapter 5. Uh, Today we're going to be polishing off the chapter, uh, looking at verses 9 through 25. And I'm just going to encapsulate 9 through 16. Um, Paul goes on in his teaching about caring for widows in the church and wanting to make sure that some are focused more on remarrying and continuing on in married life with a believing person and that the older women are properly cared for when they're left with no one else to care for them. Um, And then that really encapsulates the teaching of Paul in verses 9 through 16. And then he moves on in verses 17 uh, through 25 um, with some really good stuff uh, for working with Um, leaders in the church, elders in the church. And so before we get into that text, um, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we come before you today hungry for your word, uh, trusting, O God, that as always you'll speak through it into our hearts and that what we learn and what we glean and the new insight and understanding we receive from your spirit will grow us to the maximum benefit um, so that we might be uh, your disciples Uh, living as uh, you would instruct us to live. Father, we love you, and we're getting near the end of the week. We're kind of tiring out, and uh, (laughs) the finish line is uh, in sight, and the weekend is coming soon. So sustain us, Lord, as we continue on, carry us through the things that we must do and the challenges we must face between now and the weekend, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here's what Paul writes in 1 Timothy 5:17 through 25. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands, nor take part in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. The sins of some people are conspicuous, going before them to judgment, but the sins of others appear later. So also good works are conspicuous, and even those that are not cannot remain hidden. So Paul begins in the first few verses here, 17, um, really through uh, 22, um, talking about how Timothy should handle working with elders. Um, as we get into uh, the text, verse 22, we'll kind of work backwards. He says, don't be hasty in the laying on of hands. Um, he says, 
Um, let's have a thoughtful process for how we ordain elders, for, for acknowledging their gifts and anointing them for the ministry of the elder within the life of the church. It's a big position. And so let's be careful and cautious. Let's examine and evaluate the lives of the men who are coming forward saying they feel this calling. Before we lay hands on them, authorizing them for ministry, let's be sure they're the right choice and that their uh, lives match up with what they say and what others say about them. He says, don't take part in the sins of others, but keep yourself pure. He says, guard your own heart. Watch your own life. Continually examine what's going on in your heart so that you're not tripped up by sin. Um, He says, um, I uh, charge you uh, to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality. He says, uh, Timothy, there are going to be times when you're challenged. Remain fair. Remain objective. Uh, listen to facts, uh, pray to the Lord, and trust that God will lead you as you have important decisions to make. But don't prejudge um, based on what you know or what others are telling you, but get the facts. Try to understand a situation before you issue judgment. Um, he talks in 19 and 20 about uh, how to issue a charge against an elder Uh, who has been uh, brought to your attention for misbehaving or wrong teaching or perhaps a corrupt character. And uh, he says, don't admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. If you're not hearing it from two or three people that convey similar information, that can collaborate with other witnesses on the facts, and you can corroborate those facts, Uh, so that you have solid evidence. Don't even take action until you have evidence coming from two or three witnesses. And as for those who persist in sin, if they've been corrected and they're aware of the issue and and you've given them um, a timeline for uh, uh, getting back on track, you've said, we need to correct this, we need to uh, deal with this, and they persist in sinning, Rebuke them in the presence of all so they may stand in fear. Uh, Paul's talking about a public rebuke here uh, in the presence of those they worship with and lead um, and other elders so that they are called out for what they're doing and uh, others will consider strongly before doing such things. Um, Paul says in verse uh, 18, For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. Just before that, he says, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Paul saying, don't withhold salary from your elders who are preachers and teachers and carrying on the administration of the church's ministry. Um, uh, Don't hold them back from their speaking and teaching. And as a laborer, They deserve their wages. Uh, They're doing good and difficult work administering the life of the church. It's a challenging thing, being a pastor and um, having so many different people in so many different situations on uh, your radar and uh, that you become responsible for spiritually and otherwise. And so uh, don't withhold payment. And the ones who are getting the job done, uh, be sure to bless them especially. 
Um, Timothy was having, I think, some stress issues and was drinking water regularly, but Paul encouraged him to drink wine as he thought that might help settle his stomach. 24, he says the sins of some are conspicuous going before them to judgment. In other words, they're right out there, and there's no doubt that they're sinning. But the sins of others are uh, hidden, and they appear later. But the Bible is very clear. There's nothing hidden that does not get revealed by the light. So also, he says in 25, good works are conspicuous. If a person's good heart leads them to do good things, that will be noticeable. There will be evidence of that. And even those that are not conspicuous cannot remain hidden. <laughs> the goodness, uh, the good actions of the people of God, um, someone's going to bear testimony to that at some point. Now, we don't look for that and we don't do things for others uh, looking for praise and adulation. But um, when we do good things for the sake of Jesus and f- uh, motivated by his love, there will be testimony to that at some point. And uh, we want to humbly thank the Lord uh, that uh, through whatever we've done, his love was made known and his uh, fame and glory grew a little. And so good stuff from Paul. We're going to ease into chapter 6 on Friday. And I thank you so much for taking time out of your day today to study. Hope this has been of benefit to you. God bless.